What's up, all you beautiful people? How's it going? And welcome to episode 21, 21 of the Dream Team Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jake Schultz. Join with me in person, Zolfi Shake. What's up? What's up? And on the internet, on the interwebs, Mr. Spencer Kloss. Hey, Jake, what's 9 plus 10? 21. And Daniel Ramos. Hi, guys. How's it going, guys? A little bit of a different arrangement for all of us. We got the two in person, two on on the webs. It's pretty weird. We're making use of technology here. Yeah, Dan's sick, so we don't really want him to infect us. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Just a little teensy-weensy bit. But yeah, how's it going, everyone? Thanks for the feedback. I have heard some feedback on the last episode, and we'll be looking into it because there is going to be some difficulties, and it's always going to be when you're doing things online or doing things virtually, trying to get away with everything and like the different breaths and everything being taken. It's fine. We'll we'll fix it. We'll figure it out going on the future. But the NBA season is close to starting. We are just about a couple, week and a bit yeah, away a couple weeks. from starting, and we figured we got to end our draft because we are getting ridiculously close. We've done it. We've almost gone all the way to the end. Congrats, everyone. So before we get into the center draft, which is our last draft, we always look back at the previous draft and results that we did online. 18 votes for this one. So two more than last one. I guess those two people heard us when we said to go vote. Shout out. Still not enough. Still upset with all of you guys. But this was the power forwards draft and a whopping 50%. Daniel Ramos. Killing the board with his team. I came in second with 27% of the jo- the jokes, the votes. And Spencer and Zolfi tied for third with 11.1%. Dan, you're not surprised by this, are you? No, I don't think anyone is. You know, it was a good team that I drafted. And I got lucky getting Tingus Pingus as my last pick. Yeah. Especially after he looked in preseason. That first game he played, oh my god. Dude looked like... Prime MJ put in like Wilt Chamberlain's body. Yeah, literally. He was going nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Just the the silence (laughs) getting stared at from Dan Dan doesn't "Eh." care. He's like, Yeah, you you said that? Yeah, that's fine. Sorry, Sorry, I had a technical difficulty. That's okay. I'm good now. It's okay. We'll get through this, guys. That's technology, baby. We work with it. We'll get through this. Yeah, so Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Townsend, Christoph Spazingas, not really a surprise. I feel like I'm kind of surprised that I came second with the last pick, getting Williamson, Markkinen, and Barnes. I guess it was probably Williamson that people were just like, oh, we got him with the last pick? That's pretty good. Yeah, I think it was a bit of uh, your team is just a very healthy balance. You have a guy in Zion who you know what he's capable of. He's a star player. He just needs to be healthy. But people understand the talent that he is. Laurie Markkinen, probably one of the more likable players from last season. A bit of an underdog story coming up. Becoming an all-star starter, like he was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then now people really love that redemption story. And then Scotty Barnes, local favorite, you know what he can do. He was rookie of the year, and you know he has a lot to prove this season. So I feel like then the storylines behind your players, the kind of people that they are, just have that like kind of positivity around them. So yeah. I feel like that really played in your favor. And again, they're all just really talented players. I feel like you your tank, your draft got tanked with you picking Mobley, like you mentioned. Yeah. It was definitely the Mobley pick early. Looking back, I probably should have gone with like a Tingus Pingus 
or even a Julius Randle, to be quite honest. Yeah. But I, like I said, I picked a lot of players based on name value and who have proven it, and I want to take some more flyers with these later picks. So I thought I'd have some fun. Evan Mobley is going to have a lot to prove this season as well with that Cavs team that needs to do something this year. Spencer, are you surprised? I honestly thought that... Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. You go, Dan. I honestly thought uh, Spencer was going to come second because I think he has a really well-rounded team there. Like, all, like, super solid players, you know, that they, they are, like, a key piece, like like one or two on their team, you know? I thought for sure that uh, Spencer was going to be second there. Be yeah, I got I got Julius Randle, and people don't like him, so I, I don't blame him. I didn't even vote for myself. It's the first time ever, so. <laughs> Honestly, I think really? it's, it's all three names on your team have, like, for lack of a better term, like a stink around them. Pascal Siakam this whole offseason has been like, is he going to be on the Raptors? Is he going to be traded? Is he selfish? That narrative came out. And, and think what you want of it, if it's true or not, but there was that bit of a stink around his name, unfortunately. Jaron Jackson Jr., you saw what happened with Team USA and uh, the disappointment that he was there, especially after the season that he had in the NBA. And then obviously Julius Randle, Spencer, you mentioned, he's been a guy who's been like hated and loved by New York Knicks fans. They can't even decide. And a lot of other NBA fans can't decide either. So yeah. I feel like those are just three names that weren't the best in terms of like media attention this past couple months. And that's probably what played into your draft going the way it did. The one thing that I think is, I did this draft. I didn't do any other positions though, is if we are doing like, uh, if we're keeping track of like how they do this season, I think this is like a good fantasy um, three power forwards. So I think I, in the other in the other draft positions, I just like kind of went with like who I liked and stuff. And this one, I feel like like points per game, blocks. Like I kind of have everything there. Mm-hmm. Like you're from still, a fantasy standpoint, you were still picking your duos though. You still lined up directly with all of your duos. Accidentally though, I honestly swear to God, I don't believe. I it. did not try to do that, but it is it. weird. It is very weird. If it was like one like or two, teams. I'd be like, okay, it's a funny coincidence. But like but you every have like single four. person, you have yeah. like four or five duels. It's kind of crazy. At this point, I should have just went all Raptors. Yeah, honestly, what are you gonna do for your lineup? How are you gonna line them up? Are we gonna do that today? Are we gonna decide what lineup we want? For all these uh, players, no, or say that for next pod. We, we can save it for next because uh, we have a, a fun announcement I want to add to this pod to tell people about what we're gonna do with these teams in this lineups. Ah, yes. So, yes, yes. Did uh, you see that like nice little look I gave you? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah. So when we talk about that, we can talk about how our lineups are gonna look and what people can get out of these drafts and what they all led up to. Perfect. Uh, you want to get started then? Should we finish this draft up, Dan? You ready to start some drafting? Do it. Beautiful. Zulfi, tell us those positions. The center draft, the last position for the Dream Team draft. It's been a long couple, three months. Yeah, we have stretched this this draft process out. We're finally at the last round. Each one of us has gotten a first overall pick, and now it's time for one of us to get the first overall pick for a second time. And that person is none other than Daniel Ramos, first overall center draft. This guy's guys won fantasy twice. Let's go. <laughs> How? I hey, don't blame go. me. It's, it a, it's a list. Deep. It's a list randomizer. I didn't pick it. All right, Dan. Wow, it was meant to be. I wonder wow. who you're gonna pick. Well, you're on the clock, Dan. You, you are need- on the clock. Obviously, obviously, Jakob Hurdle, man. Come on. All right, Dan's pick is in. Next person up. <laughs> Let's see number two. No, I'm kidding. All right. All right. First pick is in. We all know who it is. If I didn't make the pick. I would be a complete fraud. Have you played the draft music? I did. Okay, cool. Um, 
Nikola Jokic is yeah. my first pick and the first overall pick of the draft. Wow, what a shocker. Shocking behavior, Dan. Shocking. Why would you go with Nikola Jokic? MVP of the league, finals MVP. Behavior, you know, what? Yeah, why would I pick an MVP? Why would I pick a finals MVP? Why would I pick the best player on his championship team? Why would I pick a guy who loves horses and doesn't even play basketball in the offseason? I don't know, because he's the best center in the league. I don't need to say much. Everyone knows how good Jokic is, so that's my pick. I want to talk a bit about that, the whole, like, Nikola Jokic doesn't like basketball or he hates, like, his job because he wants to go spend his offseason, you know, going back to his family, going back to his country. There's been so much discourse, and it's obviously on Twitter because that's where everything happens nowadays. And it's a little crazy to me how, like, I saw, like, fans genuinely upset because they're like, we're fans, we're so dedicated to wanting to watch these guys and these teams, and this guy doesn't seem like he wants to be here. And I don't know, I feel like this is a very Western thing of us, like, not understanding that he's just from a different culture, and he wants to go, he works his job, he's dedicated 110% when he's here, and he works his butt off, but then when it's his off season, he wants to enjoy it. So, I don't know, what do you guys have to say about it? Do you think it's kind of like he's going too far on this thing, where he's saying, like, eh, I don't really care about anything and all that stuff, or do you think it's just kind of a different culture? Dan, what do you think? I don't. I think it's stupid to get mad at him, man. Like, I don't really see, like, why people get so up in arms because a dude wants to have a work-life balance. Don't you guys want work-life balances too? Like, what? Like, I think it comes a lot from, and obviously he was great at the game, but like, I think it comes from like that Kobe, like Mamba mentality. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to like, you need to live and die the game. And like, and if you don't like do everything for this game, like you're a fraud and you're soft, like charming and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it's coming to a point where people are starting to realize like, you know, people do love this game, but for a lot of guys in this league, and we've heard other players say this, I think Patrick Beverly was one of them who said it. Like, this is just a job for them. They don't, like, live and breathe the game the way some other guys do. And it's okay. Jokic, I think, is one of the guys where it's just a job for him. And he's still a historic player already. I just don't see, like, what the big deal is. Because don't we all want that in life anyways? A work-life balance? Who are we to, it doesn't make sense to me. Who are we to tell people what to do with their lives when we're literally just spectators of the sport? We don't know what he... Who cares? Who Literally, who cares? Like, I don't understand that. The guy wants to go and be with his family? So what? Wow, what a bad person for the, doing that. The thing, too, is it's like he said it. He's on, like, a Serbian, like, television channel, and he's saying, like, when you're in the season, like, to be good at this sport, you have to be a fanatic. So he is. He's obviously one of the best at basketball in the world. So clearly he takes it seriously, and he's a part of it. But just because he doesn't like live and die by basketball because he understands it's a game doesn't make him any less of a person to cheer for or to be like rooting for. He said it. They asked him like, oh, after the championship, what in your life has changed after you won a championship? And he said, nothing. My life is basically the same. And honestly, he's probably right. Like mm -hmm. how much really has changed his life? He was a, he was a multimillionaire, one of the best players in the NBA before, and he still is that. And would you rather him give you a fake BS answer about how it's been life altering? Or would you rather get a real, honest, genuine perspective from him as one of the best players in the NBA? Well, can someone somebody argue that maybe he's not a marketing like person's dream then sure go ahead and you're probably right you, he's not the most marketable person in the nba but i'd rather him be authentic and be himself than try to fake it because it's just going to come out even worse that way spencer like what it. do you think well said. i was just going to add that you don't get that good at basketball without caring i think you just wrapped that up perfectly so like obviously if you're that good you care like it's just, there's no way you can get that good without caring like it's just anyone who knows sports knows that yeah also daniel you said best player on the team he's not christian braun so i don't know what you're talking about christian brown but yes correct damn it 
Yeah, he got Damn you there. I, he got you there. Whatever. All right. Hey, we had this discussion before on the podcast. Remember, it was like during the championship run. Yeah, we did. We did. But to be fair, I'm still one of the only people that calls Dennis Schroeder Schroeder. Other people still call him Schroeder on this podcast. Okay. So you guys need to get your crap together, okay? Oh, oh. yeah! There you go, Spencer. Yeah. You heard I've me out there. I've never heard Schroeder. <laughs> Schroeder. 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 Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out this season. Uh, all right. <laughs> the number two pick for the center's draft for the dream team goes to myself. Bro. I get number two. Okay, no, hold on, hold on. Me and Spencer again for three and four? What is this? Hey, man, blame the random ri- list randomizer. This is like know. three in a row that the two of us have been battling it out. You want for me to like... do it again? I can give you guys higher picks, but it's just going to seem kind of sad no, now. No, because now it's petty and it's <laughs> out there in the world. But that's just, that's insane. <laughs> this is insane. a ranked election. Yeah. Hey, hey, all I do is I click randomize and it does its thing. That's all I'm saying. I do want to I say no one saw Zulfi do this, so you know. I did it right in front. Of, I told you right when I did it that you're not going to be happy about it. So clearly, it's just what the results were. Okay, whatever. And, uh, I'm playing the chime. Yeah, play the music. You already I mean, know what's I, happening. Team USA's own. Yeah, Team USA's newest center, Joel Embiid, is my pick. After Nikola Jokic, it makes the most sense. 33 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. He is one of the most dominant big men in the league. He's the reigning MVP. He's got to do something in the playoffs, but that's a conversation for a different day. As far as uh, Dream Team fantasy teams go, I would love to have Joel Embiid on this team. I think he's going to, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be even more of a monster this season numbers-wise because you don't know what's going to happen with James Harden. If Tyrese Maxey really is going to be that person he has to set up a duo with, you know, it's going to be a lot of feeding him the ball inside. We'll see how this Nick Nurse offense goes. He loves playing through his best players, and obviously Joel Embiid is going to be just that. So I think he makes the most sense here as a number two pick. It was a bit of a no-brainer, to be quite honest. Anyone agree, disagree, thoughts? Can't disagree. Completely disagree. It's a horrible thing. <laughs> well, like uh, Jake started this by mentioning the Team USA take, and I want to say I think that is super lame of my pick. Joel Embiid said he wants to play for Team USA for his son. That's cool. Your son is like two. He is not going to care or remember. No offense. <laughs> He's going to have zero recollection of this great memory. And who am I to dis- tell Joel Embiid otherwise? He's not going to listen to me. But come on, Joel. Go with France at least to be like a world beater and try to beat this Team USA squad that wants to like assemble the Avengers. Because if you have you, Wemby, Rudy Gobert, that's going to be three awesome bigs on this team that Team France is going to be able to at least have some kind of identity. It's or, tall. hey, you can try to go to Cameroon. If you and Pascal tried to play for Cameroon with, hey, Christian Coloco, I don't know who else, that could be fun story too. Obviously, they'd have to qualify for the Olympics. I don't think they have. And that's different. But at least France, man, try to go with them. Going to Team USA does nothing. It, it basically just helps a team that had only one weakness, which was a strong big man on this roster. And then you fix that for them. And now really, what what drama is there for the Olympics? If Team USA wins, it's all going to be like, yeah, we kind of saw that coming. Especially now they have Joel Embiid. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's a lame move, Dan? Uh, that I completely agree with. And I was joking, by the way. Obviously, it's the right pick for the draft. Um, but no, man, it, it really bothers me. I just like the USA is the best team in the world and always has been the best team. And it's like, like, oh man, it's just such a like cop out or like cowardly move to go there. And I, I totally agree. Like it's such a lame excuse to blame it on your son. Like, oh, I'm doing this for him. You know, it's all about, no, it's not. You want a gold medal. That's it. That's all it is. And it's so disappointing too, because Embiid and Pascal, 
would have been probably the best front front court in the tournament. I'm trying to think of another front court that could maybe beat them. I don't think the states have it. I guess maybe if you do AD and KD um, as your center and power forward, but like neither of those guys actually like playing center. So I feel like that just kind of makes it not so. But I don't know. It's just so disappointing because like him and Pascal could have been such a good duo. But I think there's like a low-key something going on there. Obviously, that's why he left there and was going to go to France and then didn't even go to France. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, this isn't the NBA, you know? Like, this is, like, the international thing. So, like, switching teams like that just feels kind of cheap. Uh, so, I'm not a fan, personally. Spencer, yeah. what do you He's think? Showing his son. He's showing his son how to take the easy way out. Obviously, guys, come on. Sometimes <laughs> when you don't get what you want in life, you just got to take the easy way out. Ooh, there's hey. some disdain in that. I mean, he's not no, wrong, though. Like, Joel Embiid, what, is this basically Joel Embiid saying, I want to feel what it's like to win? Especially, like, win something meaningful? Like, I don't want to bag on the guy even more. I just picked him, for God's sake. But, like, <laughs> I just think, like, what are you what are you proving here? What are you accomplishing? If they win and they win the gold medal with Joel Embiid, I'm sure it's going to be cool for him to have that gold medal. But really, what is anyone going to care about? Yeah. And I, I do not want to hear about Team USA once they win this gold medal being like, it was another redeemed team. We came back and showed everyone. Everyone knew you guys were going to be good. Everyone knows Team USA is incredibly talented and great, especially when you add guys who aren't actually American like Joel Embiid, who just has citizenship. Like, you're not going to – no one's going to be like, oh, my gosh, we were so wrong about you guys. Uh, thank you for telling, reminding us how good Team USA is. Everyone knows it. So, really, what is Joel Embiid and the squad going to prove here? I don't get it. So, I think that's super lame. But, hey, as far as the NBA goes, he's still the second-best center after Nikola Jokic. So, I'm glad I picked him. Yeah, you're lucky to have had him. Yeah. No rigging at all. I, hey man, the game's the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, third overall pick in the Senators draft. I'm so sorry, Spencer. It goes to Jake. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was fully expecting to get four again. If but you that, want four, you can go. You can go ahead and take the fourth pick. That means I can take someone else from Spencer. Okay. Now, what is it with you uh, trying to just take picks away from Spencer? <laughs> what do you mean? See, this was best for best case for entertainment. Was we go back to back again? That's true. Is it just me, or is the third pick a little difficult to make? It is. I didn't want it. I actually kind of wanted the fourth one this time because I feel like I would have been at a better advantage-wise, and then I could have done something a little wacky. I think there's two names that you can probably consider with this third pick, but for me, it's a pretty easy decision who I would take out of these two names. <sighs> I don't Same. know. Well, I know who you're a big fan of, so yeah, exactly. I know who you'd pick. And I think I know the two names that you're deciding between. I think everyone would be deciding between these two names. All right, Mr. Schules. Schules, did I say it right? Oh, my God. Excuse wrong? you. I don't know. I always get your last name wrong. What I you say, say it before every intro. Schultz? There you go. Oh, my God. I'm not playing the... <laughs> yeah. I I might have to kick you off of this, too. Get oh Christian Brown's last name right, and then I'll get your last name right. <sighs> Schultz. Stay with me. Schultz. Schultz. There we go. Uh, ah, oh God. I don't know. That, Okay, fine. I'll go with this guy. Uh, with the third pick in the center draft. Oh, nope. no, I started playing the music again. Getting two I, picks? Getting two picks here? Yeah. Okay. Um, God, all right, yeah, I'll go Sabonis. I it was a back and forth for me between Sabonis and Bam Adebayo, especially after how Bam performed in the finals. I was extremely impressed by not only his defensive skills, but his offensive abilities. But at the same time, Sabonis also offers a lot of that. Oh, yeah. And I really love what he's been able to do in Sacramento. He's always been a very 
underrated player, but he's finally getting his flowers over in Sacramento, and he had like a career year last year, shooting 61% from the field. He was very good. He had a little bit of a down, a dip in the playoffs. He wasn't super as productive as he was in the regular season, but it's hard to deny how good he is and how grow how his game is only continuing to grow, being in a better, less pressure situation for him. So I really like the pick there, and I think he adds some good size to my team, which has been lacking. So I'm happy to have gotten a, a pure center amongst my teammates. Personally, I think after a Nikola Jokic, in terms of centers who can play make effectively, like from the top of the 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 key and stuff, yeah, I would say Demontis Bonus is one of the best dribble handoffs, being able to move the ball, find people. I think after Nikola Jokic, he's probably the best big man out there. So I think it's a great pick. He's super creative, super like efficient on offense. He's also a good looking guy. He's a great looking guy. He's got that beard going now too. I think he's awesome. So I think it's an awesome pick for you to go with him. Yeah, I, I would have made the same pick uh, for all the same reasons. Obviously, nowhere close to defender that Bam is, but yeah. he just no. offers so much more on the offensive side yeah. that I just don't think you can pass it up. Um, the playmaking is like sublime. Like He's such a good playmaker. Sublime. I think he goes underrated. Uh, finishing at the rim, spectacular. Just like everything offensively you'd want in a center. Um, obviously, he's not like the greatest three-point shooter. I don't even think he takes three-pointers, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> He does. Um, He's actually not but, that bad of a three-point shooter. It's 37%. That's not terrible. No, not at all. It's actually pretty decent like, percentage. Really good. Doesn't he take like less than one attempt per game, or is that this season that he started to... I think there was a season where his coach was telling him to start taking more attempts, and I can't remember exactly. I feel like it's this but, year, because I remember watching Sabonis hucking the ball every once in a while, and he was doing it in playoffs, too. Yeah, well, that, that's good to add that to his game, but... Um, yeah, obviously defensively, Bam's clear, but uh, offensively, I, I just don't think it's close. So I, w- I would have went Sabonis as well. I and he's underrated. He, atta- he attempts about one three a game, so not too many, but yeah. that's going to go up as the NBA keeps evolving. I also think he's just underrated as a defender, too. I don't think he's as, like, I get it. He's not Bam, but he's not a bad defender at all. He holds his own. Yeah, I, I would say he's the pretty below average defender for his position for his position sure but he's not terrible and he gets hit pretty well on sacramento i would say you don't need to like take him off the floor because he's a liability but i am with dan that like for a big man he does leave a bit to be desired Mm. okay jake isn't convinced (laughs) no i'm not convinced i really like him that's what the podcast is for I guess I, I do could, think he leaves a lot to be desired defensively. He yeah, also has just grown in height. He's been six eleven his whole career until last year when he was seven one. So I don't know what happened. Maybe they just injected him with some special Bonus? juice. Yeah. <laughs> it's the shoes. Isn't he like twenty seven? Like how do you grow up in one year? Like <laughs> I don't know. That's old? what I'm reading online on his height. <laughs> hey, man. I, I also want to. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the NBA doesn't have their heights in check ever. Players That's change true. heights all the time. There's no official height. No one knows. That's true. Scotty uh, said he was like seven feet with shoes, and then he came into the this preseason this year, and he's he's six ten. So, anyways, uh, I wanted to shout out the trade though. I, I know it's been talked about, but like the Sabonis Halliburton trade, I think is like one of the rare trades where it's like really worked out for both sides. Love that trade. Yeah, and I was against it at first. Yeah, honestly, oh, I well. think when you mentioned when it first happened, trading away Halliburton with how he was looking in Sacramento. 
for a big man that really you knew could be good. He was an all-star in Indiana, but like really do you think he's going to put it over top, especially with this young Sacramento team and De'Aaron Fox who hadn't really proven himself yet? But then it literally they became this duo that is one of the top teams in the West out of it. I think that it just worked out so well. And then you see what Indiana's building with Halliburton. So I think you're right, Dan. It was definitely a win-win. All right, Spencer. You are oh, you can up. just load up the music. Yeah. Oh, he's ready. Load up the music. I don't need to think about the first pick here. All right, music is going. Spencer, who are you picking? Uh, I'm going to go with Bam at a bio. Um, I think he's the the best option here, unless I'm really missing someone, but I think that it's pretty clear-cut uh, fourth best center on this list. He... Is a great defender. He's a decent playmaker, and he's he's decent on the offensive end as well. So, I'm gonna go with Bam as my first pick there. But I get back to back picks, right? You do get back to back picks. I will say, I think Bam Adebayo is like the healthiest balance of like all you want out of like a big man. He's versatile as a defender. He can play make. I wouldn't say he's like incredibly exceptional at any of those. He's not as good as a playmaker as Nikola Jokic. He's probably not as good as a defender of some of these other guys out there. But he's pretty freaking solid at all of them. So I think there's no going wrong with Bam Adebayo. And he got a lot. Hey, in the finals, he showed out and he was playing really well. So I think that was a solid pick for you, Spencer. Yeah, I don't think there's really another option, especially on this list I'm looking at. Um, I think he has the highest floor and the highest ceiling of all the players remaining so i think that's an easy pick but now i really struggle here because i need to decide if i want to go fun or if i want to go logical and pick somebody i don't like Ooh, there's a lot of options here you can go young you can go for some vet guys who've been in the league for quite a while might not be as sexy picks and then there's a bunch of young stars who are coming up there's three guys i'm looking at and i think i'm gonna I think I'm ready. I think I'm good. All right, let's hear good. It. All right, second round. With my second pick, I'm actually going to go with DeAndre Ayton. Wow, nice yeah. pick. And why I'm going to why I'm going to do that is because he's going to be on an offense now where he's going to hopefully get a lot more touches. And if I'm just looking at ceilings this season, I honestly think he could be like a 20 and 12 guy because he was an 18 and 10 guy last year on a team with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I think a Scoot Henderson, DeAndre Ayton kind of pick and roll combo could work really well. And I think that he could really be unlocked this year. If it's going to be efficient or like lead to winning, maybe not. But I'm kind of going with the fun pick here. Yeah, I don't hate it. it. Yeah, he's kind of finally being in a situation where he's hopefully not as disgruntled. Uh, we can see what him and Scoot Henderson can become together. Obviously, DeAndre's a bit older, but their timeline should match up for the most part. And I think it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially, like you said, uh, Spencer, he's a guy who you know is talented and can put up big numbers. He just needs to be in the right situation and obviously he needs to be motivated. And if you saw him when he joined the Trailblazers and all the videos of him coming out like with the Trailblazers social media, he seems so happy to be there, so excited. It basically felt like he got drafted all over again. Like it was his first team. He was so enthused by the whole situation. So if you get that DeAndre Aiden out there, I think he's going to be a stud player. So I think it was it was a pretty solid pick with that. Well, Jake, Thanks, you are back on mm. the clock. I've been reading Sabonis defensive stats this entire time. Yeah, I've okay. been <laughs> trying to do my my research and I just want to let you guys know that 
the plus minus every time his bonus on the field goes up by 0.9. So just wanted to throw that out Oh, my out God. There. Give him the MVP award That's right nice. now. It is. Crazy. Yeah. Also, uh, analytics are great. Just ask the Jays how that went for them, relying on analytics oh. for everything. Ouch. Yeah. Too soon, man. Too soon. Ouch. Man. It's a tool. Soon, analytics are a tool in the toolbox. They're not the whole toolbox. I'll tell you that. I can watch the bonus and say it wasn't that crazy out there defensively. Yeah. Okay. Before I pick, why eight, do you not feel like Aiden's a little bit of a stretch, though, Spencer? Yeah, he definitely is. Uh, there's probably more logical names I could have taken but like I said there was the he was the fun option so I decided to go with him that that was your fun option Spencer's a fun guy he likes to have fun okay yeah I don't know Aiden has a lot of upside I like it I like the pick so who else are you going to pick yeah. from Portland to match for your pairing because this is going to be the first <laughs> one nobody oh he heard us just talking yeah, crap Rob Williams oh yeah he's uh, on yeah the, there you go he's an option you, you could get both okay well, I guess it's my turn. It is your Th- turn. This is where it gets kind of funky because I'm not going to be picking for a while after this. And there is a chance that I could take someone that would look like a massive stretch considering he has not played at all yet. But also at the same Ooh. time, he will be gone by the time that I pick again, I would think. I don't know. Like I would assume, right? Like he has to be. He's going to be in contention, probably. But also, there's a lot of other better players out there for centers. Uh, 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 I don't like drafting centers. They're such a boring position to draft. Uh, God. Okay. Yeah, I guess I just got to pick a name, don't I? Yeah, do it. I will pick a name. With the second pick in... I keep playing the music over again. I'm struggling so hard. You're gonna, if, I'm sorry for everyone that's hearing like an, an extended little blip. It's I blame everyone online for that. Uh, okay, with the second pick for me, I'm gonna go with. Uh, uh, Just say it. Say uh, a name. Why'd you play the music if you weren't ready? <laughs> because it's hard. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Jared Allen. Okay, there we go. Jared Allen, tell us why. Uh, Okay, he's a solid double-double basically virtually every single time the guy goes onto the court. Like, he has one of the best-looking hairs in the NBA. I love his afro. Yeah. He's got a best smile in the league, too. Uh, he's just a physical freak as well. Sorry, I'm just complimenting all their looks. I should probably talk about their game. No, he, he's great with athleticism. He is just – he's an elite – blocker too he should probably be like averaging a bit more than he does but he is very good when he gets out there he's great defensively and I enjoy watching him play every single time he's out there I do think he's a little bit misused on Cleveland and I think it's hard with him and Mobley to try to figure out what's going on there because there's so much length there but I really do like him I'm not put off by his performance in the playoffs this year I know he's the lights were too bright and it was bold of him to say that but I really do like him he's hits basically 65% of his shots every single time like he's averaged that last year he's just very good he's a very solid player and i would rather go with consistency that's been proven versus someone who has not stepped on to an actual real game which was when Bayana, obviously yeah spencer you sound like you had something to say yeah just wanted to say so nobody roasts me listening as of today i think jared allen's a better player than deandre Aiden. <laughs> so 
just so no one roasts me online. Just had to put that. I don't think there. it's bold of you to still take Aiden over Allen. To be quite honest, I think again the upsides there, but also Allen, he is a really good, consistent player. I always regret that that. Nets team when they were building that super team didn't keep a guy like Jared Allen. Yeah, obviously Nick Claxton wasn't bad, but if you had Jared Allen there just to be that anchor inside, it would have been so good. Obviously he needed to get paid, the money would have been difficult, but I feel like if that Nets team could have found a way to keep Jared Allen, they would have been so solid, so sturdy. He's gonna be good on this team, and also shout out he the way he dresses. If you ever look at Jared Allen, he is such a normal down to earth dude. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like to dress fancy, he doesn't like to flex. He will just show up in like a nice regular hoodie and jeans to a basketball game because he's like, I'm a normal dude. I don't need to flex for no reason, and I think I love that about Jared Allen. Dan, what do you think? Uh, am I crazy for thinking that Kyrie, KD, and Jared Allen would have been a better trio than James Harden, Kyrie, and KD? Not at all. It would have been perfect. All about fit. He fits so well with them. I think I still think that was a horrible trade. Anyways, let's go ahead. My bad. I am a little... The one thing I am a bit concerned with Allen's game is that he doesn't really run the pick and roll that well. You would yeah. think for a center of his capabilities with his athleticism that he would be able to run it more. He's like one of the lower rated centers to ever run a pick and roll in the league right now. That's got to get fixed. It's 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 hard though because it's like it's a mobility thing, right? Yeah. Like being able to run pick and roll, you have to either be like a brick wall to set strong screens, which he isn't. He's more slender. Mm. And he's also not the most like... Like I guess versatile in terms of movement and moving his feet. He's just an he's an anchor. He's good inside. Yeah. He's a rim runner. He gets to the rim hard and he can finish there. He's just more of like an anchor of a center than like a versatile mover. He's not even like a Jakob Pertle who's slow but can use his like his angles to move to spots in pick and roll situations. So he's just different in that way. Like I do agree that having him be better in pick and roll situations would be good. Yeah. But when you have guys who just attack the basket like Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, anyways, who can create their own looks, I don't think it's a make or break type of thing. I would like it, but I would just rather say I want Jordan to just set more screens and get these guys open more. But again, overall, he's just a really solid player, and it's hard to go wrong with consistency. They just need to get better out of him in yeah. the playoffs. That was ultimately what I think the run, like they sh- fell way too short of their expectations. I think if Allen plays better, that they-, they get over that hump a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. And uh, with that being said, it is now back to me. And my Take pick Brooke is Lopez. in. My pick is in. Your pick is in? Okay, let's not mess up the chime music this time. This is a lot of pressure. Okay, I did it. Yeah, you got it right. Good job, man. And I think I'm going to get this pick right. Look, it might be early. Jake, you just talked a ton about making a decision here being tough. I'm taking Victor Wembanyama. I am taking the young stud. There's a lot of names on here who are, like, obviously more proven and have done more in the NBA, but this is potentially passing up on a guy who is a generational talent. He is a freak of an athlete. He's going to do things on that court that we probably haven't seen. He's going to shoot a three-pointer, and he's going to get his own rebound off a miss. And we're all going to be going crazy about it because mm-hmm. no one else can really do that in the NBA other than probably Victor Wembanyama. So I think he's just too fun of a prospect. In terms of centers, what do we always say about centers? You want someone who's consistent. You want someone who's going to not make mistakes. It's all very boring talk. Centers are a boring position other than Nikola Jokic who does crazy stuff. But even him, no one says Nikola Jokic's game is sexy. It's boring, but it's effective. Ah, it's pretty sexy to me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> The driveway dad (laughs) shots and stuff. Like, I'm sure some people, like, it's entertaining. I wouldn't say it's sexy. It's how I play basketball. I love it. Yeah, because you're a driveway dad. Exactly. And, uh, (laughs) 
And I think Minyama is going to be the complete opposite of that. He's going to be a freak. He's going to do things differently. He's going to make people just like jump out of their seats. And that's hard to pass on a prospect like that. And I think he'll also just be good. This Spurs team has a lot of young talent. I think they're like on the OKC Thunder trajectory. They just need that guy who's going to be the Shea Gilgis Alexander, the person to really step up as a number one. And Victor Wembanyama has all the makings of that. You saw what he could do in that preseason game against the Thunder. And you like you know he's going to have to grow offensively, but defensively, I think he's going to be elite right away. No one can recover on defense as well as Victor Wembanyama. Look at the tape against the Thunder. He got beat multiple times, and any normal player would be out of that play after that. Yeah. He's not. He's just too long, and he reacts too well that he can just make it back even if he's a little slow. So I think it's hard to pass up on a guy like that. It's just too fun of a pick not to make. What do you guys think, Dan? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a really fun pick. Um, it is true that like a lot of the center position is like, can they set screens? Can they scare people away from the paint? This, this, and that. Um, and Victor Wembanyama can probably do those things, and we will probably see that in this first season. Uh, but he also is a lot more fun of a pick. So yeah, I, I think it's a good pick. Um, I think it's good for the draft and i'm excited to watch him play he's obviously a generational prospect um yeah i don't mind the pick at all yeah i was really going back and forth between the two of them obviously but i just i didn't want to reach too hard and i know you can say whatever yeah generation talent this that i just there's something always about when the league touts guys and this goes for every league when they, someone comes in and they're this generational guy and then all this pressure happens, and it might not actually surface to fruition. We've seen the same thing with the NHL and Connor Bedard. Yeah. Like he is getting an insane amount of hype. You look everywhere on the NHL, it's all Connor Bedard. And so far, he's played two games. He's looked very good. But it echoes the same sentiments so that we just don't know until they actually start playing. Yeah. And this is a draft that I want to go into the season knowing what I'm going to have for some of my guys. And I, I already picked some like guys that are pretty unproven, like you said, yeah. um, and Mikhail Bridges and as, as well as some others. But... Yeah, I just wanted that sturdy rock, which is what Jared Allen usually is, so that's why I chose him over Wimbayana, but it, it was a tough choice to make. Yeah. Because, yeah, you, it could have been a stretch, but it also could be a steal at this rate so this time next year, right? You just don't know. Yeah, the reason why I was willing to take the risk on the unproven Wimbayana is just because I'm so enamored by we haven't seen anything like Wembenyama. With other like generational quote-unquote prospects, we've seen similar games. Zion Williamson, you could akin that to Charles Barkley or Blake Griffin, just like super athletic, smaller bodies, but can just jump out of the, the gym. You see it, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is very Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett-esque. He's a bit more versatile, but similar games. I can't think of a game like Victor Wembenyama at that size. I mean, the closest is Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant still, him and Wemby have different games, and I would say Wemby is probably like right away a better defender than Kevin Durant was when he entered the league. So I think that's the closest you can get to, but even then, I don't think it's good enough comparison. So I just think Wemby is just like a one-of-one one right now, and we haven't seen a frame like that move the way he does. So I think it's just, it's too unique for me to want to pass up on. That's why, like, when I'm thinking fun, I'm thinking, like, I have never seen something like him before. That's why I wanted to take him, and I'm willing to take that risk. Spencer, were you thinking at all about taking Wembyana with your pick? Yeah, so it was between him, Aiton, and then Jared Allen for me. So for the record, I think everyone made decent picks. Uh, like, I think Jared Allen was the right pick. But now that Jared Allen's gone, I think Wimbayama is the right pick. And, um, yeah, I don't. no one wants to listen to Zolfi talk about Rudy Gobert, right? So. No, not at all. I don't want to listen to me talk about Rudy Gobert. Are we about to listen to Dan talk about Rudy Gobert? Is that what's going to happen? Someone's, <laughs> someone's got someone's going to have to take him. Yeah. Dan, is your pick in? 
Uh, no, dude, this is so tough. I hate this pick. There's three guys that I'm like, I could pick either one of them. Didn't we say that this draft and was I... going to be hard because of like a lack of people? I think this is just hard because their games are so similar. And like, yeah, I just don't, I don't know yeah. who to pick between through everyone. I think it's a lack of people that like jump out to you that you yeah. that you really want to pick. There's not really a lot of like multiple time all-stars, all NBA type guys here. So it makes it a lot harder to want to pick some of these players. Yeah, like is Jared Allen a sexy pick? No. No, not at all. I love Jared Allen. I think that's a sexy pick. I love Jared Allen. I think I'm just going off of looks for my pick because I have two very good-looking guys. Oh, so you're saying Jared Allen's not a sexy pick, but he's a sexy he's pick. He's a sexy pick <laughs> if you catch what I'm putting out. <laughs> all right, Dan. Guys, this is such a hard pick. Just I'm not take JV. Lie. Like, I was listening to that. What's that? Just take JV. He's being considered. Oh. <laughs> oh, he's underrated, dude. He's being considered. He's underrated. Oh, this is tough. All right. Leave JV for um, me. What's that? Leave JV for you? Oh, man. I'm not even sure, guys. All right. I'm just going to say pick is in and pick one on the spot. Let's All go. All right. The pick is in. You got the last pick of the second round, Daniel. Don't disappoint. All right. With my... Last pick. Wait, I have two picks in a row, right? You do. You so do. this is your second round, and then you get one last pick. Good luck. Dude. So now you got to think about the graphic. Got to think about that graphic now, Dan. Who what are people going to vote for you for? I'm thinking about... All right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Rudy Gobert, man. Oh. I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. Oh, no. I know a lot of people like to hate on him. A lot of people like to hate on him. I know his offensive game isn't like the best thing you've seen in the world. It might be one of the worst, potentially. But, no, it's not one of the worst. Um, he is one of the best defenders in the league. I'm really tired of people trying to scapegoat him for all of Utah's problems. Uh, every team he's been on, they are a top 10 defense. He went to the Wolves. They were not a top 10 defense. He's now in the Wolves. They are a top 10 defense. He is that guy. How many defensive players of the year does he have? He has like two, three, three. Just three defensive players of the year. He's an All NBA level player. Despite all what love, despite what all the Twitter kids love to say, oh, he sucks. He's this. He's that. And I get there is a lot to be desired offensively. All right, you know Donovan Mitchell averaged more assists than passes to him during his time in Utah. That's wild. And I get it. It's because offensively he can't really be trusted. I feel like I'm trying to defend this pick more than I'm trying to actually say. <laughs> You're absolutely defending the pick right now. <laughs> hey, man, say it with your chest. He's a like, three-time DPOI. He's a Hall of Famer. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I get it. Like, this is like a, I guess, controversial pick because of all the Twitter kids. But, like, Gobert is a great player, and he is going to go to the Hall of Fame. And I know a lot of people like to scapegoat him, but he does offer a lot. Um, going to his stats... Uh, oh, I just had him. One, one second. Oh, I went down the wrong way. Um, <laughs> yeah, so 13.4 points per game, 11 rebounds per game. That's an underrated aspect of being a center. Uh, 1.2 assists per game, 1.4 blocks per game. I think he can average more than that. 65% field goal percentage, and that's in 70 games. So, I mean, that's a great field goal percentage. I don't really think you can expect, like, crazy amount higher than that from a center. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's a good pick. What do you guys think? Um, okay. So he's getting paid $41 million this season. 
he is 13th in salaries in the NBA. He the Minnesota was 0.3% worse points per 100 possession worse whenever he was on the the court. Him and Carl Anthony Towns do not look good together. And not just that, they paid a third center in Nas Reed uh, more money too as well, 12 million dollars a season over 42 million dollars. This team with this direction and with Rudy Gobert it does not work and it is just killing all of the respect that people have had for Rudy Gobert's game because he does not fit in with that team at all. It's have one people of people respected Rudy Gobert's game. I feel like people have been banging on people, it for a long time. No, but like it's gotten worse. People can now easily go out there and be like, "Well, look what's happening." But it's just he is disrespected, I think, to an extent. But also, the team's not helping him. Yeah, it's say, not. It's, it's a like terrible it's not his position. Fault. No, it's a terrible position. But at the same time. You got to put all those into account when you're drafting centers. Like I genuinely didn't even. Th- I don't think I would have taken him in this draft, to be honest. Oh, I think he has to be I don't, in this draft. I don't think I would. See, have. The, the thing that like I feel like sometimes gets lost in all of this is, yes, you want to draft players who can do a bit of everything. Yes, you want as much value out of players as possible. And like Dan said, he leaves a bit to be desired. I still think. 13 and a half points isn't really a bust or like a bum in the NBA by any means. And like. Your center doesn't have to be like Nikola Jokic. There's only one Nikola Jokic, right? They're not all going to score 20 points a game. But if he can be an anchor defensively, do his job really well, be an elite rebounder, which Rudy Gobert does, then I think like that's fine. You're like if you have a bunch of other guys on your team that would do things for you offensively or do other things in say Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, then hey, Rudy Gobert can just be a defensive specialist and that's fine. Has it worked for Minnesota? No, because they have a terrible game plan, and they basically thought you can make Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert two different players play as one person, one on offense, one on defense. That's just terrible game planning, and I'm also not going to blame Rudy Gobert for his contract. If someone was going to pay me $41 million, I'm going to take it, whether I'm good or not, or whether I live up to it or not. It's just, I'm not going to blame him for the contract. I'm not going to blame him for what Minnesota traded for him. That is on the front office for giving up as much as they did for him. Yeah, of course. So I think, like, yeah, to Dan's point, like, he, he has a job. He does that job well. He makes teams better defensively, and he's going to be really elite at that still. So, yes, he can be yeah, better but, on offense. But, but the issue is he wasn't making teams better defensively last year. He was having a negative impact on the team. Like, statistically, you look at the statistics, he was the team was worse whenever he played. Because they don't have that line, they don't have that structure figured out. When he's out there, and him and Cat basically don't know how to space each other out, then really, what do they have to work with? Obviously, it's going to be worse when he's out there, because him and Cat are basically bumping into each other half the time, because they don't know where to go. So then why do. is one not coming off the bench? You think either of those would come off the bench? Not no, the egos are too high. high. The yeah. egos are way too high. But like, realistically, then trade one. Like, I don't. Uh, they do they really think it's going to work again yeah. for this season? It's not going to work. But this that comes down to team building. You know, that doesn't come down to Gobert's abilities. You know, that's fair. Um, so I I don't know if that's it's fair to uh, penalize Rudy Gobert for the fault of his general manager or his teammates not picking up the slack defensively because that was. A big issue in Utah as well was like that's why he was the scapegoat is is oh like Donovan Mitchell's gonna let every player fly by him on the perimeter and it's oh Gobert you didn't stop him at the rim dude what are you doing that's your fault it's like okay maybe if he actually had defensive help on the perimeter he wouldn't be getting scapegoated in every other situation yeah it's just that he's such a good defensive player that he gets put on this pedestal that it's like oh if he can't stop them then it's like oh he's not that good at defense it's his fault that we lost the playoffs this 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 and that and it's like there are fair criticisms, 100% of Gobert, obviously. Um, messes up a lot on the offensive end, you know? Like, I, I get that part. But I don't think he can be questioned defensively. I really don't think he can. And that, like Zolfi said, like, that's his job. That is his main job, is to be the defense guy. And, like, 
he deserves the recognition for it. I will say, so, I don't know if anyways. this is a, a bold take, but like Jake said, trade one of them. If I had to trade one of those players today, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, I'm trading Carl Anthony Towns off this team. Yeah, they should have. I think. Ago. I think. I agree. I'm yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, you see, okay, all of us agree that. yeah, he, his time has come up in Minnesota. They've tried to make it work with him. They've brought in so many players around Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. It's just not accomplishing much. Carl Anthony Towns, I'm sure, could use a fresh start as well in a different environment, be it New York, be it wherever else. I don't know. But Car- give the keys to Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Let Rudy Gobert take care of things inside and do his job. And then, like you said, you have a Nas Reed, who's a younger, energetic guy who can be kind of like that third player on that team to provide a bit of a punch and see what happens with this team. What they've done so far hasn't worked. And you'll probably get a lot more value out of Carl Anthony Towns, especially after what they gave up for Rudy Gobert. No one's going to want to trade for Rudy Gobert and kind of repeat that process. So, yeah. I say look at it at the deadline. This Minnesota team, if they're not having success by the time a trade deadline comes around, shop Carl Anthony Towns. See what you get. I'm sure someone will overpay for him. Oh, yeah, probably. He's still Carl Anthony Towns, don't get me wrong, is still elite. He's still yeah. really good. It's just, it just doesn't make sense on this team. Like you said, there's way too many issues going on with the roster building. They're just trying to play a 90s-style offense for a team that should not be built 90s-style. Like, the three centers plodding around, like, this isn't, like, come on. Get to the 21st century. We can't. It's so ugly to watch, and I want to just watch Anthony Edwards vibe on that team with a tall center that can help them out in Rudy Gobert instead of just having them mesh with each other. And you've seen Rudy Gobert play with a young dynamic guard and how well that worked for Utah for quite a while. Just let it happen. Yeah, Minnesota happen. would love to be a perennial playoff team for a couple of years after just being nothing for over a decade. So, yeah. hey, let's see, what did, let's see what it does. All right, Dan, one more. You're in the third round now. Um, So I'm going to go. I, I've decided between these two guys. Pick is in? Um, pick is in. Alrighty, who are you picking, Dan? I'm picking Raptors legend, Jonas Valanciunas. Oh, I'm sad I wanted to pick him. That's a good pick. I love JV, man. Uh, I think JV oftentimes gets like very underrated uh, in his production. Um, another like center who I think leaves a little bit to, to be desired uh, on the defensive end, but I do not think he does on the offensive end. He is a great screen setter. He gets like uh, like nine rebounds a game, 13 points, 56% field goal percentage, even 35% from three. It's not, sorry, 34% from three last year. Not horrible. Um, he probably takes, I assume, like less than one attempt per game. Uh, yeah, 0.5 attempts per game. Uh, but man, he is a great player. He's excelled in every team he's gone to. Um, I think he was underrated in Memphis, and I think he's underrated again uh, in New Orleans. And he also was very underrated in Toronto. So I love Valanciunas. There was another guy that I was considering that I think will probably be the next pick. Uh, but JV is all the way, baby. Yeah, JV, I have always loved. I think he's an underrated center in this league. He does what you need him to do. He's willing to sacrifice. I don't think it's bold of me to say JV could easily average 20 points if the offenses let him. It's just that he's on teams with other dynamic players, and they just want him to do the dirty work. They moved him from uh, Memphis because they knew he was taking on too much of a role, and he's too productive, and they wanted guys like John, Jaron Jackson Jr. to develop and grow. Basically, he was too good, and he, they need they knew he was going to be taking up too much of the offense. So I think JV is just such a talented player. He's so efficient. And I don't know the advanced metrics on this. I'd have to look it up. I think he's probably one of the best first-quarter players in the NBA. For some reason, in the first <laughs> quarter, especially when he was on the Raptors, he would score like 10 out of their first like 18 points or something. He was always just such a punch of offense in the first quarter, and I think it's just such a fun part of his game. So, yeah, I can't go wrong with Vanchuna. Spencer, what do you think? How many threes did you say attempted a game? 
I believe it was 0. 0.5. That's um, mid, that's mid. Yeah. So he has 0. 0.5 makes on 1.4 attempts. Oh, sorry, I, I read the wrong. Uh, yeah, because I was gonna say, wasn't JV's thing yeah, death taxes in JV threes? Because this guy loved to just huck up threes, and he made them in their electric every single time. Yeah, yeah, I read the wrong column. Yeah, it was three-point attempts, yeah. Um, well, you guys remember yeah. two years ago when he was, like, leading the NBA in three-point percentage at, like, the All-Star break? Yeah. Yes. Get him in the three-point contest, man. That'd be hilarious. You think JV could that finish so the good. all the racks in the, what is it, 30 seconds or however long they get? No. There's no. no chance. <laughs> this form's so slow. Yeah. Also, uh, who no, I here... Think, I think he could, man. Yeah, who here remembers what pick JV was? Five? Dan, what do you guess? I think he I think he was Okay, I'm either going seventh or thirteenth. Well you're he was definitely right. you're, you're wrong either way, Dan. Sorry. Uh, Spencer, you're right. He was fifth. You didn't let me pick. Oh, well, really? I thought you just knew. Yeah. No, it's like fifth. Yeah, he is fifth. Yeah. Fifth overall. I forgot J V oh. was we picked him fifth overall. The Raptors yeah. That's kinda crazy to look back on. Yeah, but who went I before? Know. I don't honestly don't remember. It was the. I don't 20th. think he went right before or two picks before. Tristan Thompson. Mm. Oh, what a draft. JV's also yeah. an a, an amazing rebounder. Like one of the best rebounders in the oh, league absolutely. for a center. Oh, I, wow. This is the top five from that draft Kyrie Irving. Terrible. Derek Williams. Ennis Freedom. Nice. Clear. And then Tristan Thompson before Jonas Valanciunas. Is it? It's crazy because, yeah, it's, it's, it's Kyrie Irving, then Jonas Valanciunas out of the top five. Mm-hmm. One and two. Wild. It's a pretty good top five. Yeah. Is it? That's the eh. same draft. <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's same a, draft had Clay, Kemba, Kawhi, Brandon, Brandon Knight, Usovic. I mean, when you look Jimmy at the Butler. bigger picture, it's a better draft, wow. but the draft order is not great. No, the draft order is not great. No, not at all. Okay. Good pick, Dan. Zolfi, it's your turn. Yeah. Oh, this is tough for me now. I don't know who I really want to go with here. There's a, a lot of names and. Um, I'm probably going to pick one that shouldn't have gone this early or at this point, maybe with one of the last two picks, but my pick is in, and I'm going to be happy with it. You're taking Sangoon, aren't you? No. 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 He's taking who I was going to take last. I know it. I really, really want to take Sangoon, uh, but I do think uh, Jabari Smith Jr.'s role is going to grow there. Let's see what happened with Sangoon. Obviously, all these bets are going to be in Houston. So I have not taken a player from the Toronto Raptors yet. So I am taking Jakob Pertl. And I think it's just like Jake, you said about Jared Allen. Jakob Pertl is a player who is steady. He is consistent. You know what you're going to get out of him. He actually offers quite a bit defensively, in my opinion, at least oh, inside. Yeah. And uh, offensively, the Raptors have talked a lot about wanting to do what they do with Nikola Jokic in Denver, what they do with DeMontis Sabonis in uh, Sacramento. Dribble handoffs, actions up top, kind of getting him more involved in the passing game. And I think that is something I find so exciting, and I think there's a lot of potential with that. Darko is going to showcase Jakob a lot more. You saw in that preseason game against the Kings, they were showing it. It was almost like they the teams were trying to run the same offense because the Raptors are mimicking a lot of what Sacramento does. So I think Jakob Pertl is going to be a lot more involved when he came to this team, yes, the Raptors weren't able to accomplish a ton 
uh, after that, but they were better with him out there. They had a better record after the All-Star break and after that trade. His numbers were 12.5 points a game, nine rebounds, three assists, but his efficiency is great. He mm-hmm. shoots like 63% from the field. He doesn't shoot threes, and no one expects him to. He's just going to be camping inside, sending screens and passing the ball. So I just wanted a Raptor on my team, and I think he makes sense because this team desperately needed a center for a couple seasons now, and they finally got one. So let's see what they can do with a full season of a center with a new coach. He's talked about it too, where he feels like the defense is even more structured now with Darko and this team's plan. So I'm excited to see what they do in that regard. So I just wanted to make sure I had a Raptor, and I'm really happy with the one that I got. I was surprised by people's reaction to when Darko said that they wanted to play through Yak a lot more, that people were a bit more negative on it. I was like, did you not see what they did in San Antonio when that happens? He's a very smart playmaker. He's a very smart player in general. They should play through him more. I think it's a great idea, and it played out really well. You saw it, you said in the preseason game. It looks like it's going to play well, and it opens up the offense so much more when you can have a big man like that out there doing the things that Yak offers. And I think that's only going to be even better. And the pick and roll with Dennis Schroeder is going to be great. Everyone was worried that Fred, when Fred left, that that was going to be, they're going to miss that option. No, it's probably going to be even better with someone as fast as Dennis out there. Yeah. I'm really excited to watch Yak this season. I'm happy the Raptors retained him. I think he was a good asset regardless of what would have happened. I'm just happy that they have more chance to blossom their offense through Yakup Hurdle. Dan, what do you think? Love it. Um, I've said this about pretty much every center that we've seen, but another underrated center, man. Like, it's just, uh, I don't think he gets talked about enough. Defensively, I think he's like top five, honestly. He, he's a great defender, uh, like in terms of centers, not the whole league. Um, he's a great defender, and like, he just offers so much. Like you guys said, great playmaker in the post, too. Um, great in the pick and roll. And yeah, Zelfi, your point about that was going to be one of my main points is like when they, when the Raptors traded for Pirtle, they had like an over like 50% win record from his trade. Uh, so just a great player and I love the pick. So Spencer, you got any thoughts? Yeah. I also really like the pick. Um, I also like, he like never misses inside the paint for some reason. He has like this little floater he does. And every time I'm like, why isn't he not using the backboard? Oh, it's just going in anyways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's extremely efficient. He's like exactly what you want. Like if you have a team that needs a center that you don't want to like build around the center position, like he's like the perfect fit on like a lot of teams in the league. So it's a really good pick for sure. Yeah, it's well said. Is it my turn now? It is. Oh boy. Okay. Well, you took my pick, Dan. So that's that sucks. Yeah, yeah I wanted to... Uh, oh, not Dan. Sorry. Zolfi. You oh. took Yak. I wanted... I wanted Yak, because that would have been nice with my Scotty Barnes and Yakup Pertle. How excited are we for Herbie Coon to saying Yakup Pertle with his like nice accent, and then also Dennis Schroeder? It's gonna go crazy. Herbie Coon is gonna be Pertle. Yeah, and now Dennis Schroeder too. Herbie Coon is gonna be working overtime this season. I'm so excited. He's the goat, though. He is. Love that guy. Uh, okay. Well, this sucks. I think there's no have one. You, have you been happy about any of your picks so far? I yeah. swear every time you're picking, you always sound so. so unexcited to make a pick. And They're, then you're like, oh, I love this guy. I'm going to see who's happy. <laughs> I've picked some sexy sexy men, okay? Should I continue that trade? Should yeah. I take Brooke Lopez? Yeah. If you want to. It's your draft. Uh, Okay, yeah. My draft is in. Okay, I know my last pick for the center's. All right, I'm going to give my boy, Mikael Bridges, his rock. Nick Claxton. Wow. Okay. Nick Claxton. I was between him and Brooke Lopez, 
but ultimately I decided to go for the young blood. Look, he's like literally one of the most exciting young centers in the league, just given off the pure potential that he's had and his growth. Like, I haven't seen a player explode as fast as he did when he was able to, and he's very close to nearly averaging a double-double every every season since then. He's really good with the pick-and-roll, which is what I look for in these centers as well. Like, extremely dominant, and he's just an insane elite shot blocker. Like, absurd level. Like he And he's so young, so young still. But to see his growth in the league and to give him more of a role in that offense, which I think they will continue to do, is only more exciting for Brooklyn. And there's a reason that he became basically untradeable towards a point because they wanted to see what he can do. And in those moments when he's been given a chance to show what he can do, he's really shown it. And that's why I wanted to take a little Claxi on my team. You, to be quite honest, I kind of forgot that he was in contention for this, but he is such a good player. He offers a lot inside. He's very versatile. He can, again, jump out the gym. He's one of those freak athletes. He shoots 70% from the field. Like, you get this guy the ball inside, he's usually taking high-efficiency shots, easy, good, clean looks, so it's hard to miss on the guy. And like uh, Spencer said about Jakob Pertl, if you want a guy that you don't necessarily need to build your whole team around but will do a good job at what he does – then Nick Claxton is hard to pass on in that sense. But it was a bit of a surprise for me, to be quite honest. I think uh, there's still some other guys out there who offer a lot as well. So uh, what do you guys think? Spencer, you have any thoughts on Nick Claxton? Um, I totally forgot about him. I don't hate the pick at all, but now I'm like looking at my list and I'm scrolling down, and there is a lot of names that we totally forgot about that are like actually solid, solid centers, and that's one of them for sure. So I think it's a good pick. I think... like. With all these names, you can't really go wrong. There's a lot of young centers that I'm just realizing now. I Also, Vucevic is a name that's out there, and I know his stock has fallen quite a bit, but I know that he's out there too. Dan, what did you would have picked at this pick? Um, I, I don't mind the pick at all. I like Nick Claxton a lot. Okay. Um, like all, all the things you said, young, great, uh, great blocker. I mean, he was literally in the defensive player of the year talks until – KD and Kyrie got traded. And he made comment about that, how it's a little bit unfair, how as soon as they got traded, people stopped talking about him. But that whole defensive thing was him. Uh, so he deserves a lot of credit. But yeah, you guys are right. There's a lot of names that we have skipped over that uh, definitely are going to feel, not that they're going to see it, but if they did see it, they would feel snubbed for not getting picked. I mean, Spencer, you have one pick left, so one of these players is going to get there. But like guys like Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, Vucevic, Wendell Carter, like oh my God, we missed those Miles Turner. Are, yeah, Miles Turner I was, was in there. I was going to say Miles Turner. Is Miles like Turner was like, I was considering him for my last pick. I, when I said I think this guy's going to be scooped up in the next pick, I thought Miles Turner was gone after <laughs> I, I made my last pick. About but, him. Yeah. Ooh. Can I repick? <laughs> yeah. No. Hey, you forgot about no, the you guy you've been harping about this whole time, Daniel Gafford. God damn it. Didn't even yeah, sound like you considered it. God damn it. I could have taken my boy. Oh. Hey, Steven Nick, Adams Nick is in the conversation too. He's one of the better centers in the league, Steven Adams. There's a lot of guys left. Clint Capella, somebody can make a case for. Bobby Portis. All right. Stick with Daniel Gafford. <laughs> right. Like Spencer said yeah, early on, Robert Williams is somebody you could talk about as well, elite defender. So there, there is names left. Yeah, I hear another name. With this position. Sorry, Spencer. Go ahead. No, I just got to throw one more name in there. Walker Kessler. Yeah. I hey, did player. see his name and I thought about it. That's the thing with this position that like we've kind of all been harping on with like these later picks is like 
they all are offer something and they're all able to give some production to their team. They're just not the Jokic or Embiid's or Sabonis's that like offer like this high level production. But like what they do, they're specialists, you know. Yeah. And they're good at what they do. Um, so it's tough making those picks once you go past like the superstars and all like all NBA level players, you know. Um, so people are going to be snubbed, but I think that's more a testament to how talented this position has become and how talented the league in general is as a whole. That's why every single year there's players that are like, oh, I was snubbed from All-Star because you're not a bad player. You are All-Star level, but unfortunately there are other All-Stars. So yeah. it's just, I don't know, it's just the way the league is. I think that's super well said. There's a couple other names, too. You have Mitchell Robinson on the Knicks. You have my boy Alperen Sengun, who's a young, versatile prospect. There's a lot. Like you said, Dan, there's so much talent around this league. Every team has a center that you could probably, like, if you squint a little, you could say this guy can become something. So I think, it, like you said, it's a testament to the to the league and where it's at. Spencer? Absolutely. You are up, my friend. you have any thoughts? You ready to pick? Uh, so we just had all those names, and there's still another name that I've oh. been wanting to wanting to take this whole draft that like I was planning to take my last pick, but now I'm very, Ooh. I don't know this list. I'm looking at a list that has JaVale McGee over uh Walker Kessler, but I did. I'm, uh... I'm on that same list as Walker Kessler last, which I think is insane. And James Robinson Earl. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go with the guy I wanted the whole time ready. Okay. This is the last pick of our draft. The draft is almost over. Spencer, you're putting us out with a bang. If I, if we haven't even listed him, is it going to be? Let's find out. Oh my God. All right. The pick is in Spence. I think some people on this podcast have picked this guy for rookie of the year. I'm going to go with Shet Holmgren. Chet? Wow. Oh. I like it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Good pick. Why Chet? I just think that um, he is the only player left available that could average like over 15 points per game this season. Um, again, I'm, I'm a big ceiling guy, obviously, from all my drafts pretty much. And um, I just think that he could... I don't know. I, I almost think that he could almost put up 20. I don't know how many touches are going to be with Shy Shy still there, but... Um, I think he could put up like 18 points a game this season. Yeah, I think when you said some of us picked him as Rookie of the Year, we all picked him as Rookie of the Year. It was yeah. unanimous on the Dream Team. We all had him as a Rookie of the Year pick. So I think saying that, we all see the value that Chet brings. But that is going to be the one question mark with him. Like, where is his role on this team with guys like Shea? You saw J-Dub and everyone's in love with him now and what he has to offer. Obviously, Lou Dort's still there. He's going to be taking a bunch of threes in the corner and whatnot. But there's going to be expectations on this team. And people probably assume, I didn't even mention Josh Giddy, but people probably assume Chet should be that number two to Shea. So he's going to have a lot to live up to. And let's see if he can develop into it right away because his OKC team is going to have some expectations too. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to back up the pick too much because we haven't seen him play yet. And I can't really say, like, what you said for Wemby, like, oh, he's a generational talent because he's a great prospect. But he's not seven foot four, so um, yeah, I think it's more of a ceiling pick. Like guys like Walker Kessler, like yeah, yeah, he shoots seventy three percent from the field, never just two blocks per game. But we know what he is, um, so I just kind of like the fun aspect of, of drafting a guy like Holmgren. Yeah, I, I agree, man. Um, he's just uh, a really exciting player, and yeah, like I lost my train of thought. I was throwing emojis in the chat. Um, <laughs> 
No, there's there's gonna be a lot of players that uh, in this draft that I think we're gonna they like deserve to be picked. But like Chet Holmgren, just like even seeing like the way he played against Wembenyama in the preseason game, like he's got like that uh, you know that dog mentality. And I know it's like oh he's got that dog and like that classic like annoying like podcaster guy, but like he really seems like he has like that mentality of like I'm the guy. I don't care if you're like one of the best prospects of all time. I'm gonna go head to head with you. Even quoted uh, a tweet where it was saying when Mignana, uh or Chet Holmgren failed to stop him on every single uh, uh, play that Wembenyana guarded him, and then Chet, I believe, was like, he didn't even guard me the whole game, he, I, or I didn't even guard him. So how's that possible? And like Josh Giddy also said, like, what a weird thing to tweet. So like, they have like this the OKC and also Chet, and it just seems like the whole team really just seemed like they have like this mentality where they're like. Like, I'm that guy, we're that team, and I think a lot of really good things are going to come out of it, and I do think Chet, like, is such a fun, great pick because of that. Um, there's just so much. The ceiling is so so high. Such a high ceiling for them and Chet. So. I can't wait to watch OKC, man. The more I think about it, Shay, Chet, Lou, Josh, like, it's an insane young core. Young. So young. There could be years of this until Shea becomes a Raptor. It's going to be insane watching them play on OKC. I'm so excited to watch it. And I agree. It's a great pick. It's crazy to think of the names that we lost off, left off this list, though. Brooke Lopez, now no consideration there. Yeah, there's a lot of names. Like we mentioned, we were rhyming them all off. There's a lot of talent Capella. in this league. That... I think we were rude about this pick. Like We were all being like, oh, centers is going to be like, oh, there's 10 and then nothing else after that. But yeah. no. This is easier than the power forward one, I feel like. Like, there's more mm-hmm. talent here. I think it's harder. Harder in the sense of, like, there's more talent versus the power forwards. Is like, yeah. it kind of, like, fizzles out after a point. This is, like, this is just strong centers all the way through. And it kind of shows how underrated yeah. and underappreciated this position actually is in the NBA. Yeah, shout out centers. We owe you an apology. Yeah. You guys are good. Yeah. On my short list uh, that I did not end up drafting, I had Miles Turner. Rick Lopez, Vucevic, and Wendell Carter. So sorry to all the names I didn't even write on my short list. Apologies for that. I think Miles Turner is going to get us in some trouble that we just didn't think? put him in there. I think so. I think so. I think he should have been drafted, but no. But like, yeah, we we all could have drafted him at a certain point. Like, I I I probably should have drafted him as my last pick, realistically. But my thing um, is, is like, if you I, left Miles Turner off for like Clint Capella or something, I get it. Yeah, there's a debate there. But most of the picks that were made in place, I would say, were guys that you kind of want to see stuff out of. You want to see what they can do, what they can develop into, like a Chet, like a Wemby, and just younger guys who you want to see what they can turn into. And I think that's okay because, like, for what Miles Turner does offer you, you do know what he is. He's not going to suddenly become a better offensive player. He's not going to suddenly develop more. At least I don't think he will. I think you kind of just know what Miles no, Turner you know what is. He is. Yeah. Exactly. So, like... Again, if you were not picking Miles Turner because you wanted to take some of these other guys like a Robert Williams or a Clint Capella or a Mitchell Robinson, then I can be like, okay, there's a debate that Miles Turner probably has a case over those guys. But those younger guys who are like you don't know what they have to offer and they can be potentially like exceptional, then I think it's worth the risk and I think it's okay. I think he's just a top five center though. <laughs> like I think he is like universally known as like a top five center in the league. So to not put Turner on any of our lists, it feels like we're kind of just I don't know, is he? 
Because like you have like, Jokic, Jokic and B. Okay, five. so Jokic and B, Sabonis and Bam in whatever order are top four, correct? Yeah. After that, would you say you'd okay. automatically take him over a Jared Allen? Would you take him over a Rudy Gobert? Well, clearly not because I took Jared Allen exactly. over him and I had a chance so, to take like, him at five. I don't know if he's top five. I'd say top ten probably. Yeah, that's fair. I top think. 10, yeah. yeah, I just think he gets forgotten a lot. Yeah, he does. But that's also yeah. kind of indicative of just what his game is. Uh, Dan, you did have a chance to put the Tyrese and Miles Turner duo together, and you just didn't take it. I did. Well, I like my boy JV, man. He's mm. even more underrated than Miles Turner, so all good. Okay, well, that is our draft. That is officially the end of our center draft. We yep. had Daniel. Let me just read these out quickly. Daniel with the first pick. Nikola Jokic, Rudy Gobert, and Jonas Valanciunas. Zolfi with the second. Joel Embiid. God, that that is just throws me off every time it rattles in my he brain. He deserves it. It was a good draft. Thank you for that, Daniel. Joel Embiid, Victor well. Wembanyama, and Jakob Pertil. <laughs> All right. That's none called for. <laughs> There's me with a third pick. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, Jared Allen, and Nick Claxton, and Spencer. All right. Someone get Dan off this sword. Someone needs to mute this guy's microphone. <laughs> this is manipulation right here. This is yeah. crazy. Dan and is cooking the votes right now. Bam Adebayo, DeAndre Ayton, and Chet Holgram. So who do we think out of the four did the best? <laughs> just What is that? Was that even supposed okay. to indicate? Just a quack? That was a duck quack, that one, yeah. Okay. Uh um, no. Sorry. Sorry, that's me. All right, back to regular podcast activity. Christ. <laughs> uh, I don't. I actually genuinely feel really good about my draft this year around. I think I have a good shot here with Wemby, Joel Embiid, and Jakob Pertl. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? Where do you guys lie? Yeah, I think it's you. I think looking at them, I think yours is just very well-rounded, and you have the excitement of Wembanyama with Embiid and Pertl. I think that's just a very good trio. I do like mine. I just think it's not sexy at all. And I think people are going to look at it and be just be like, meh. And I think the same goes for Spencer's. I think neither of ours are very sexy. I think it's probably just between you two. And based off of the hate for Rudy Gobert, I think that, Zolfi, you're going to run away with this. I don't think it's even close. Yeah, I think if I had to... Uh, I have the best player in the league, though. Yeah, I would say if I had to <laughs> pick, like, talent-wise, like, proven talent, probably Daniels, but that's not how these drafts go. No, it's I'd, name value. I feel like... Me and Spencer have similar drafts where you have like a really proven guy in his him and Bam, and I have Joel. You have a guy where you can see potential coming with Victor Omanyama and Chet, and then you have like Jakob and DeAndre Aiden, who are like you know what they can do. You know they have a bit more to offer if you give them the opportunity. See what happens. So me and Spencer, I feel like a very similar draft in that sense. So I don't know. I feel like this can go many different ways, but I'm confident in my team. Spencer, what do you think? Uh yeah, I agree, but if you look at it like our two teams, let's say, like you put Embiid versus Bam, Embiid wins, you put Wemby versus Holmgren, like Wemby wins right now. So I think it's just it's kinda like the point card draft where the top two are just so far and clear. Yeah. That like they just carry a lot of value. Dan. I like all of our teams. I think we all have really fun, uh, good teams with all like our top four is like I think that's like the unanimous top four. I think top two is that's obviously the order. And then third, fourth, I think people go back and forth on that. Yeah. Um, but all our second and third picks, I think, are like fun players that some of them are proven, some of them are not proven. But the ones who are not proven are like, I think, pretty clearly going to be really good. Uh, and again, like Jake said, they have name value. Um, 
yeah, I, I think this is going to be a fun draft. I actually think this is going to be the closest one that uh, we have between all four of us. It's not going to be a two-horse race or anything like that. I think all four of us are going to get good votes on this one. So I'm excited. Well, good. I think that about wraps up everything there. I yeah. think that's a good place to stop everything. If you want to vote for that because you will be voting for this, it'll be on our Twitter about a day and a bit after this has originally been posted. So you can go and vote for us. And this is the last one. So you can vote for that one before we officially put out our whole team and our starting lineups, which will be the next episode. We will put that one out. So you guys, our next full episode, that's a little teaser for something else. But so you guys can vote on that one as well. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. If you like what you heard, please follow us give us all of the love we love all the comments support everything you guys give us on spotify apple you can follow us on twitter as well at dream underscore team pod and on instagram which we have to start using a lot more dream underscore team underscore pod and you can follow me at jake underscore schultz six zolfi where can they find you at zolfi underscore shake that said you lfi underscore s-h-e-i-k-h Remember, download the pod, listen, give us feedback. We love your reviews. Let's hear them. Spencer? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Kloss Talk Sport, C-L-O-S-S Talk Sport. But realistically, I just want everyone to vote on this draft. I think it was the, this and the small forward one actually ended up being the most fun and competitive. So I want to see a lot of votes. Big Daddy Daniel. That's me. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Raptors Vision um, and vote for me because uh, Nikola Jokic undisputed baby so yeah thanks for listening send us a review and uh vote for me so i wrapped it up thanks for listening guys see you guys in the next one <laughs> bye those were great all right great, great draft